House of Run podcast. What are you into these days? Mostly running, Howard. Running. Yeah. Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Coming on! Bill, you're coming on! I'm not thinking about making the team. I'm thinking about gold in Munich. What can I say? I got beat by a zebra. Starts now. Welcome back. This is the House of Run podcast. House of Run at gmail.com. I'm Kevin. Uh, he is Jason. Apologies for missing last week, and it was good that somebody noticed. Jason, right before we start recording, get a text from none other than House of Run Coach of the Year, multiple time House of Run Coach of the Year, Aaron, yeah. just wondering what's up. Basically saying, hope you guys are doing well because you never miss. And when you do, it's because something bad happened. Hopefully nothing bad it's happened. It's true. Yeah. So I told him a meteor fell on my house and to stop texting me. No, I last week it's weird. The holidays family in town. I, and so if we didn't get it done on Monday, that was probably our best chance. And we, we waited too long to try to work out the schedule. And by that point it was, it was too late. So apologies, but we wouldn't have had a ton anyway. Whereas now you're getting a jam packed show and I'm sure people weren't listening to a ton of stuff over Thanksgiving holiday or in Europe a Thursday in November. So we're going to be able to talk about the Kip Limo half marathon world record. We'll play the song. Uh, I'll talk a little about NCAA cross country championships. We got news today about who won the athlete of the year and I'm not happy about it. A Rhodesia comeback headline and we'll read emails. And of course we'll do your Turkey chart recap, even though we're in December now. We're not letting this one go, and you told me that these might be your best slash worst of all time, the puns. There's a couple, like, actually mostly new, which I didn't really think I had in me, um, so I'm happy about that, but a couple of these are, like, are such big reaches. Like, I, I they're, oh, like, I'm looking at a couple right now. I'm like, Jesus, this is going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be rough. Uh, okay. And you've never done that before. Usually you've got, you've alerted me hey i'm struggling i can't come up with any and then usually yeah I'm like, and Have i you tried i this came one? up with most of them today uh some yesterday but pretty much i was just like you know gonna go with a best uh you know some of my favorites or someone's made me laugh and then i just really was like can i just come up with anything else and uh it turns out there are other things maybe things that didn't get brought up in the past for a reason but uh we'll we'll find out wow. This is so, some are okay. Like some are fine. Where I'm like, okay, that's dumb and silly, but that's who I am. Mm-hmm. Other ones, I'm like, oh my god, is this gonna work? This is exciting. I've never been. I as don't know. Excited. Maybe I'm hyping it slash killing it too much. I'm not sure. Either way, it's gonna be interesting. You're getting me to tune into the end of the pod. I was gonna leave midway through, and now I'm in. Okay, I want to start I'll with the time r- code so you can skip <laughs> the stamps.com ads. That's what's gonna happen. Just forward thirty seconds over and over again. Here's this headline, Jace. I want to start with Radisha because. For a while, we were basically a Rhodesia podcast. Yes. And this is from the People Daily in Kenya. Rhodesia hints at comeback in athletics after successful surgery. Okay. So I'm wondering, how serious is he? So I'm looking through this article, and the first sentence says, Rhodesia, David Rhodesia has disclosed he is set to make a comeback in athletics after undergoing a successful surgery on Saturday. The 800-meter 2012 London and 2016 Rio Olympic champion stated that he had undergone a successful surgery in his left leg and will make a return to the track. Uh, oh, I guess I'm supposed to say his, his first return to the track since July 2017. All right, so now I'm like oh in, right? I'm like it's four and a half years ago. Okay, so now I'm waiting for the quote. 
now I'm waiting for what did he actually say? Yeah. And the quote that I'm about to read is the only quote in this entire article. So this quote is, in essence, the thing that is supposed to support the previous sentence that says, we'll make a return to the track. Okay? Yeah. And also right. that he is hinting at a comeback. You tell me what you think of this quote. Here it is. I'm glad that on Saturday I had a successful surgery of removal of an implant on my left leg that had been there for the last one year and a half, period. At least I will be back soon doing some running, Rudisha said. Okay, so he just signed on to Dubai and pre, so he's he's in. That's basically what I got out of that, right? That's I don't know how else you take that besides... Oh, you could also say that he just had a surgery and he's happy that he's will be able to run. He's basically yeah, saying, literally, do I can some do act, I can perform the act of running. Yeah, is what I can get back to beautiful running posture. Yeah, basically what we're you know hoping to see. Yeah, I mean, I held on to the Rudisha comeback longer than most. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like two years ago. Yes. Yeah, it was so, over then. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I, I nothing would would make me. I mean, that that might literally make me happier than anything else in running. Mm-hmm. Like if David Rudisha came back and just you know threw it down a one forty four at some point, and you were just like, holy crap, what mm-hmm. is happening? And my, meanwhile, one forty four would make you a huge favorite for gold. Um, he's only thirty two, which blew my mind. Right, right. Like that, it just seems impossibly young. <laughs> Like, just because he was so dominant 10 years ago. It's twenty. It's 2021. It's almost 2022. Yeah. We're still talking about it. I I think he gives a quote because he's, they ask him, hey, you going to run again? Yeah. And he says that, and then we get that. I, that's, so yeah, him, and Rudisha in Kenya is, you know, it's the equivalent of talking to LeBron James or something. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a massive, massive thing. Well, and... The verb hint right there already tells you that this isn't going to be a full-throated I'm back from David Rudisha. That's not what it's going to be. But I think even saying hint is going too far when he says I'll be back soon to, to run. Yeah. <laughs> to literally run. I, I saw the headline. I got really excited. I'm just taking everybody on the journey with me that I experienced a couple hours ago when I saw that story. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, I you know, like I said, he's young enough, but like, I mean, the dude hasn't hasn't competed, not like been relevant, but hasn't competed in four and a half years. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it just, yeah, it's, it's not going to happen. I'm going to, you know, have 1% in the back of my mind that's still holding out. And that Julian's going to be like, dude, he's washed. He's been washed. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I can't help myself. I think I'd almost think like Bolt has a higher chance of coming back. And, and and perform and performing at a high level or eaten. That, I, I agree with that second part for sure. I guess yeah, Rudisha could jump in a race. And- I, I just think hypothetically, like Rudisha, I could at least see like attempting to try to run, yeah. and then runs like one fifty two and is like, okay, I'm good. Yeah, I could see him or something like that. You know, like I don't know. I could see him running, literally running, like he said he is going to do, and that's, yes. that's the extent of it. Okay, I just wanted to, to get that one out there. Probably not worthy of the the A block in the show, but. It's a pretty good, yeah. It's a pretty good show, but it's Rudisha, and we love Rudisha. Um, few better at at the peak, you know. Right, exactly, exactly. And I'm gonna read. The, I'm gonna always read the story. I'm always gonna click on the link. Oh, of course, yeah. So it works. It's it's fine. And guess what? Like I'm, 
I, I originally I was gonna say I'm really I'm happy Rudisha wasn't like yeah I'll be back you know try to better get than ever. the world title back or something like that and like I would have loved it but it also would have been like really man it's been this long and you're still gonna like do the string along which is that's a little more Boltian is like to just throw out that possibility yeah just to get you excited um but he just yeah said the most basic thing in history and of course it got spun because that's that's what happens that's what we do with these with these great you know great athletes. Here's what David Arisha put down between 2010 and 2012. 140-91, 141-01, 141-09, 141-33, 141-51, 141-54, 141-74. I mean, how's that? Like, we forget top three all-time and then six of the eight fastest in history. The eight, this is the 800. This yeah, is the 800. This was, isn't as if it, there was some sort of newfangled development in technology that allowed this to be better or he caught a good wind. This is the 800. It was good. Yeah, it was even more fun to watch than that, too. Like, it was just like, we knew, you know, world record, he, he, he did, obviously that was happening and that was was no problem. But it was just like... Yeah, like he would lose the once a year when it was raining or something like that, and that would be, <laughs> would, you know, that'd be the fun joke around thing. But it was like all the dude did was just dominate, and it was so easy and beautiful running posture for sure. Yeah, a hundred percent. Jacob Kiplimo, world record in the half. Speaking of the eight hundred, <laughs> what was the Olympic final? <laughs> one through nine. Okay, so I'm not going to talk about Jacob Kiplimo. Okay, so we had let's see, let's see how fast I can delay do it. this as long as possible. Uh, career. <laughs> so speaking of half marathon, Kevin, uh, career. Yeah. Rotich. Yep. Dobek. Yes. I'm going to do the thing where I go to nine. Skip. Skip four five. <laughs> it's it's oh Ben was four. No. No five. God. Sorry, explicit content. All right, I'm, I'm going to stick with my plan. Uh, nine is Murphy. Yep. Uh, dude, I'm getting worse at this as I get older. I, it had been a while, and I just, you know, I was just like, oh, what was the winning time this year again? Seven is Amos. Seven is Amos. Eight is Amos. Aim, eight is Amos. Gosh, so I need four, five, six, seven. I mean, you named Ben, so. Ben is four. No, five. five, yeah. It's four, six, and seven. Four, six, and seven. Jeez, I'm not even remembering who was in the race now. I'm getting worse at this. Four, six, and seven. I mean, there's the guy. Ben was from Spain, right? So I'm missing the French yep. guy. Yep. Uh, dude, you're going to have to help me out. And then six uh, and we had an We had an Australian? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, sorry. Um, Bull. Yep. So he was four. Four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, now we had six and seven. You mentioned a French, a Frenchman. Yeah, I can't remember his name. I never will remember his name. It's not... <laughs> Pierre Ambrose Boss. In 30 years, I'll still be talking about Pierre Ambrose Boss. And the other guy is a guy I should know. And it's, yes. not, a Pol- it's not a Polish guy. Bosnian. Yeah, it's Tuka. It's Tuka. Yeah. So Tuka was then, seven. No, he was six. And he was Gabrielle Twal. Twal? Twal? Twal. Was seven. Yeah. Okay. Ah, I'm making worse. Okay, half marathon world record. Jacob Kiplimo. Yes. Fifty-seven thirty-one. Uh, did a lot of this solo. Was on even quicker pace early on. Then slowed down. 
This was in Lisbon because if you can't run fast in Spain, you should go to Portugal. You should go next door to Yeah, it's anywhere in that area. Mm -hmm. It's called the – it's not called the Iberian Peninsula, Jason. It's called the – Carbon in <laughs> foam in uh, help me out there. Okay, so on one end you're like, all right, he only broke this thing by a second from Kibiwa Candy. Yeah, things are coming down to earth. On the other hand, since he went out so quick and you didn't have people to run with, you're thinking, all right, there could be a crazy. Good day level improvement in the half marathon that we have coming up here where someone drops it all the way under 57. And then just taking that aside and thinking of Jacob Kiplimo, the runner here, this guy, you heard of this guy? You heard of this guy, Chase? 5731. Yep. Uh, 2633, 1248, and then his 3K is 726. Whew. Rangy. That's pretty ridiculous. Pretty ridiculous indeed. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, I, I mean it, it where I think it, you know, the the big jumps are slowing down a little bit. I mean, I don't expect someone to dip under fifty seven next year, but I guess, mm-hmm. you know, who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> um that's probably gonna happen at some point. Uh but yeah, I'm just looking at you know, he was thirteen forty <laughs> for the first five K. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, that's that's going out pretty fast. But then I look at 15k. He was at 40.27, which is a faster pace than 13.40. Oh wow! So, yeah, that's like he he sped up <laughs> between 5k and 15k. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, wow. I just yeah, that 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 seemed crazy to me because I was like, oh okay, what what was what were these splits at? You know, I didn't. See all the splits and doesn't even have the 10k split on this just little article I'm on, but yeah, that's more like 1327 or whatever pace. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty crazy. What's that song for Mr. Kiplimo? Yes. He well deserved it, yeah. It's a world record, the likes of which has never been seen. It's a world record, highest, fastest, farthest a human's ever achieved. Wouldn't believe if I told you, go to YouTube and I'll show you. Got results to verify, soon it will be right. Well, it's a world record, the likes of which has never been seen. Well, it's a world record, highest, fastest, farthest a human's ever achieved. Well, it's a world record. Well, it's a In other news, Jason. Yes. World Athletics Athlete of the Year. Yeah. Got it wrong again. <laughs> it's a yearly tradition. 
Now, ultimately, I will say there's there's wrong, and then I mean there's there's like Bolt getting it in like a ridiculous, like come on, he wasn't in the top five wrong, and then there's like okay these these were there was no real bad answers in these finalists. They were still wrong. And listen, 2020, I don't think Rojas should have gotten it. And then, th- and but this year she should have probably prevented it, pre- prevented her from getting it this year. And that's stupid, but that's the way they do it. But she should have two of these things. Now, that one was I have less of an issue with the women than I do with the men because Thompson hurrah, okay, the two events versus one event. The world records are viewed differently in the 100 than they are in the triple jump. I get it. Like I'm not going to get too upset about that one. The men, however, Carswarm is obviously great. And you're his number one fan. Yep. So you're going to defend this pick. <laughs> but Krauser, as I mentioned, had a per- literal perfect season. And the only thing I would ding Warholm for is I wish he raced a bit more. And I don't think it was too much to ask for him to race a bit more. And I think Krauser's frequency of competition was so much better, even adjusted for events, than Warholm that you had to give him an edge. And they didn't. And I don't know. I'm not sure why. It's not as if Krauser won it last year. It's not as if a guarantee if he's going to win it again. But just talk about just completely wrecking the all-time list and just blowing everybody out of the water. That was Krauser's season. He had a perfect year, and and he should have won. He should have won. Warholm, obviously, you look at the forty five ninety four, and obviously all of his other performances were were solid this year too. But this was this should have been Krauser. I wouldn't have. I mean, been mad if Krauser got got it. Obviously, like it would have been totally fine and totally justified. And uh, yeah, there would be no arguing against it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's Warholm had as good of a season as you can possibly have as well. I mean, he shattered the world record at the Olympics with, you know, maybe what will end up being the second best 400-meter hurdler ever um, in that same race, also shattering the world record. I, I I get it because that's going to be the image that sticks in people's head. Like, that race mm-hmm. is just more memorable, and that's not fair that, you know, just... Shot put is great, and he was so dominant, but it's hard to have, I guess, one lasting image, and sometimes that'll just end up yeah. getting it, where it's like, yeah, yeah, he, he, you know, that's, like, that's just what everyone's going to remember, so of course he's going to win, you know, it just kind of makes sense. I just think Warholm ran f- five 400-meter hurdle finals this year, and one of them was a 48, like, in September, where he was clearly jogging, so I'll, I'll give him... You know, Zurich, he took it seriously. So, I mean, he ran like four serious 400-meter hurdle finals this year. I think we have to just have a higher standard for it. If Krauser just didn't exist this year, like if he didn't have that season, then 100% Warholm. Because the bar goes up each time. Because if all things being equal, if there's only one world record and it's in a regular event, that person's going to get it. But then if there's two world records, then you're looking, all right, well, how do they do in major competitions? Or how was their regular season? Okay, well, they're even there. Then you go to the next. It's just, it, to me, it's almost like tiebreakers. And they were even on all of them. And the one I would 
the, the one that was a clear advantage for me was not just the amount of competitions, but the quality of all of Krauser's competitions as well, too. Because you could say, all right, a shot putter is just going to compete more than Formula Hurdler. As you mentioned before, he has six tries at it, and Warhol only has one, which is the greatest <laughs> counter-argument I've ever heard. I think it matters. I do think that, that makes sense. Jumper. But, but, but even put that aside, right? Like Everything was quality with Krauser. It was just high 22s or 23s every single competition. His worst throws were winning competitions. The gap between him and everybody else was so big. And I hope he I, he earned it this year, and maybe he'll get it next year, and the universe will balance out, and people will be thinking, hey, Kevin, why do you care so much about this? But until he does, I, I think they got this one wrong. Yeah, and like I said, I'm not going to argue too too heavily against it. It's just one of those things. There was This was, I mean, I would have to look at it year by year, I suppose, but this might be the most loaded uh, on the men's and women's side just oh yeah athlete of the year awards ever like this is this was insane 100 percent. and i think i mean we were doing the eliminations on here and it was we had kipchoge as one of the first people out now i think he ended up being a finalist which made absolutely no sense at all yeah he's uh, just reached you know that usain bolt level of fame they, where it's just like yeah they want which is crazy party. that a marathoner re- re- reached that level of fame they want him at the party I think that's that's the thing. Yeah, try to put together. I want the best my party too. Party, and you're thinking I want the guy who was in GQ. The Rising Star Award winners, a thing, Mo and Arian Knighton. I'm not gonna argue with those. Those are the two, sure. yeah. two ones I felt that were the best. But regardless, we got Warholm, we got Thompson Raw. That's both of their first ever athlete of the years. So that's you can, crazy. Well, and you could say the same thing with Warholm. Okay, if he's not getting it now. Like, yeah, when, I mean, and should he, I mean, I guess they didn't give it in 2020, right? They did. Mondo got it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mondo so okay. Austin. So I'm yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's the carryover too. That's a little bit of the hey, you you kept us slightly five percent more sane than we would have been <laughs> in twenty in 2020. So that that, that carries over during the pandemic. That's yeah. just like the bonus. Well, the problem is like. You get one pick wrong, and then it just compounds. Mondo should have won it. He had that indoor season that was amazing, and then he— Yeah, there was, that wasn't a bad pick. It was just like, man. Well, then he came out back outdoors and was was great as well, too. And Warholm didn't have the world record yet. I think if Warholm got the world record in 2020, he would have had it. And Yeah, and that's the part of it, too, that's hard to do, because it's like that—the assault of the, mm-hmm. you know, the assault on the world record, where it was so close and just— Everyone kept waiting. Every race, this might happen. This might happen. This might happen. Like the fact that that was kind of part of it, so it, it l- led to a bigger mystique around Warholm like season as well. Mm-hmm. NCAA cross country. I know it's old yeah. news now, but I always like to talk about that with you because it's like talking to somebody. It's like talking to me about baseball. It's like, hey, what's up? I know ge- the general outline of it, but the specifics a bit fuzzy. NAU won five and six years for them. Connor Mance. That's pretty ridiculous. Won the men's race. Whitney Orton of BYU won the women's race. So those the BYU swept the individual titles and NC State won uh, the women's title. Caitlin Tui was NC State's number two runner. I know a lot of people are interested in how, how she's doing, but it pretty much went to form, which was weird for a cross country race. There were a couple surprises, but the course was much 
faster and flatter than the one in March in Stillwater. And it was in Florida and the weather was really good and no snow, no mud. And I think that made it a little bit easier to predict. And if you're looking for people out of this race who are going to become factors internationally, I mean, Mance, that's two in a row now for him. Yeah. He seems re-chomping at the bit to do a marathon. He almost entered the Olympic trials marathon in 2020, but then he got hurt. He he's going to be an interesting one to watch, in terms of somebody who goes to the roads early, and if they can, if they can make an impact, a Ryan Hall type trajectory. Yeah, yeah I mean he's yeah he's I mean absolutely he's <clears throat> very intriguing. Like that could be somebody who could at least be you know when Galen Rupp's uh, doesn't have probably a ton of years left. So yeah, I mean he's he's a bit older because he you know redshirted and went on a mission, but. Still, still competing in the college system, but anytime you can go back to back at NCAA Cross, it's pretty impressive. He's 24 years old. Um, he's run a 62, says 62.59, but that was at altitude, half marathon. He can go much faster. And 13.24 for the five. I mean, just a very tough, tough runner. Really, really good racer, too. Because in cross, all these people make these crazy moves, and he's always smart about it and gauges his effort perfectly. And I think that could help in the marathon too. Wouldn't get distracted by by other folks. I think it'll be tough for him to rein it in because he's a pretty aggressive racer. He's one to watch though. And he's done in terms of running at BYU. I think he's moving on with his pro career. So we could see him pretty soon. I think he might run um, a half marathon coming up this weekend. So something to watch there, but... Yeah, the dynasty continues on the team side with NAU, 92 points. Iowa State, that was a bit of a surprise, 137. And then Oklahoma State and Arkansas, 186 and 195. Um, and NAU doesn't really have, like they lose. They Everybody could come back because of all the redshirt and COVID years, but mm. they might lose people to, to go on pro. Your guy, Nico Young. Who's still listed as a freshman? His second, he's run two cross country <laughs> national championships. Still listed as a freshman because of the COVID, <laughs> COVID season. Uh, he was 11th. He was NAU's number two guy. So still running really well out there. And I think six, they'll be the favorites for six titles in seven years. That's, yeah. That, I mean, that's pretty ridiculous. That is a, that's a crazy, that's hard to do in cross country. Like it's obviously your team, you know, can only be the same for so long. And, most of you guys aren't going to cross over that much and yeah yeah that's just that's i mean you know i, I yeah i don't follow this uh super closely but uh i mean pretty pretty dominant like it yeah. was you know it wasn't didn't seem like it was really uh up for uh you know it wasn't wasn't no one was biting their nails trying to figure out who was going to win yeah notre dame went out really hard and they were the team that thought could could do it but then they fell back at 5k and tumbled all the way down to Ninth place just went completely backwards in the in the final five k and NAU just asserted themselves by about four thousand meters and then just stayed in front the whole way and they ended up you know they scored let's see uh, seven well they finished seventh eleventh thirteenth so they had three guys in the top thirteen and then they had their four and five thirty seven and thirty nine so they had everybody was all American in their top five. That'll win you some meets. That's not bad. No. Yeah, that's 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 okay. Um, my guy's Furman. 
Yeah. Um, finished last. Oh uh, no, I didn't notice in that. The team race. Yeah. Uh, okay. They made know, it though. They made it. Well, uh, unfortunately, the women's team didn't make it, but uh, guys got there. It's the important thing. Good job, guys. I like the effort. So they had they had a tough race, obviously, Furman, but they came in ranked the like, top twenty. It's just, it was just a bad day. Yeah. For for the Paladins, so I think they're going to be back. Uh, I'm looking at their roster here. Do they have? What do they lose? Two of their top five, but got a couple freshmen in there. I think they'll be all right moving forward. They got a solid program there. Fingers crossed. You know, it's, uh, it's a tough one to swallow, but uh, I know they'll be back. I'm not worried. All right. We got a bunch of emails to get to, but I think before we do that, which just I want to just do the turkey trot. Okay. Yeah. Recap. And then, because I want to have time to fully process <clears throat> it, fully digest it. I know we moved through these other stories pretty quickly. But this is all just setting up for for the turkey trot. Are you going to play the music now, or are you going to put that in in post? Because uh, I'll probably put it in in post because I'll have to restart. <clears throat> uh, there's no way I'll keep a straight face through all of it, and I'll start laughing partway through, as always mm-hmm. happens. Um, so yeah, we'll go with this. For people who have not heard this before, there might be a couple of you, maybe. Uh, yeah, basically just you know an ESPN... Uh, kind of inspired uh, fastest two minutes, you know, ridiculous jokes and puns and uh, things about turkey trot result- results. And this is, what, year 11, 12? I don't even know. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. Wow. 11, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, yeah, so we'll, let's see. Here we go. Do you want me to do intro again? Yes, please. Well, that's it for weather. Now with a recap of the nation's turkey trots, because that's what we do on a local news station. Here's Jason Health. Thanks, Kevin. A Laura, but not our Laura, was all about that baste. Basting her PR, that is, as she ran 31.50 at the Alexandria Turkey Trot 5-miler. At the 43rd annual Lifetime Turkey Trot in Lincoln Park, Andy Barons squashed his competition and sang, I am the champion, as he was the first in his age group in 34.06 for 8K. Meanwhile, Ella Barons wanted seconds at the table and the race, as she was the second overall woman in the same race. Lance Dockery's hat may have been buckled, but his legs did not, as he finished fourth at the 21st annual Hagerstown Community College Turkey Trot in 1603. In New York, Julia Gulo moved up from the kids' table and jumped stuck to what she does best, winning her age group as the 126th annual Delaware YMCA Turkey Trot 8-kilometer race. <laughs> At the Troy Turkey Trot in New York, James Anderson had Pumpkin to be grateful for, as he was the overall 10K winner in 31:27. Mac and cheese? More like mac and ease. That's what Jonah Mitchell was saying as he dominated the 35th annual Great Turkey 5K Run and Gobbler 3K Walk. At the 14th annual Reed Feed Run Turkey Trot, Patrick Hanley kept saying, I think pecan, I think pecan, I think pecan, until he exclaimed, I did it, as he won the race, formerly known as the Interfaith Food Pantry and Resource Center and Literacy Volunteers of Morris County's annual Morris Township Turkey Trot 5K and One Mile Fun Run and Kids Trot to fight hunger and promote literacy. And that's all for this year's Turkey Trots. Back to you, Kevin. Those were all new ones, first of all. Just yeah, I think just about. I, I don't know if I, you know, maybe no, some similar ground over the years, but pretty pretty yeah. I remember I a lot of those were like out of complete left field. I did not see any of them coming. The hat was buckled, but the legs <laughs> didn't. I think pecan. You're going. <laughs> that's way yeah. off the board. Yeah, that's the thing is I was trying to. <sighs> there was really nothing. There's there's no obvious ones left that I could 
know of, so I got real weird. And, uh, yeah, that's what I came up with. Like, I mean, F. Scott Fitzgerald once said, Jason, there's no second acts in American life. And I thought for a while that was true with you. With this true. Thing. Last couple of years were tough to. Yeah. And you're like, listen, I can't, like, I'm tapped out. I can't do it. Like, that's all, that's all, that's all I have left. But you, like, this was the, I think this might have been the best one since, like, the what, like the first year or the second year when everything was fresh and you did the cranberry the competition. <laughs> that, was a, that, was a, that was a classic. That was on the list of ones to reuse, but then I tried to avoid using them if I could. Yeah, you went, like, you sort of approach it from a different angle, too. A little you, bit, and that was kind of like, yeah. A little you can tell your themes. brain evolved from the beginning because <laughs> – you weren't thinking of it in the same way because the ones you came up with were just so exponentially more ridiculous than anything. <laughs> I was I was laughing so hard I had to cover my mouth so not to distract you uh, during some of them. So I just I'm very impressed that you were able to do that because you unlocked a new part of your brain somehow, and you you know you're getting older. It's hard. Everybody's set in their ways, and they think they come up with a new thing, and then realize nine years ago they did the same thing. Not just with yeah. turkey trot recaps, but everything you do in life. And again, there's a reason my buddy F. Scott said that all those years ago. <laughs> and and you are living proof that he's full of it. Man, that's I, I appreciate it. I uh, I wasn't sure if any if, if anyone would translate or not. Um, a couple of them I was really worried about. Um, that, that pecan was probably the dumbest thing I've ever written, and that's really saying something. Um, so, I think they were good because all of them they were more detailed and drawn out. Because you go, I I think pecan, I think pecan, and then the pie did it. I think early Jason would have just been satisfied with the first pun. Probably that's true. I yeah. I, I had a couple of them had you know two, maybe two uh, meaty you know uh, little little ones in in there as opposed to uh, just one where I tried to keep them. As sparingly as possible because uh you know don't want to reuse use them all up you know what i think this means oh no i don't know what the situation is in las vegas in terms of uh, theaters but i think you need to start doing stand-up again because it's <laughs> a good point i need if, to get it back out there if you those of you who are new to the show or have that's not true we don't have any new listeners everybody knows what's going on <laughs> jason jason does stand-up from time to time and i think if you're able to unlock your brain in a manner to pull this stuff out I think you might be tapping into something in other realms of comedy. And you might want to just kick the tires a bit on that. Man, this is uh this is weirdly uh like motivation. I feel better about myself somehow after this. Mm-hmm. That's probably the first time that's ever happened. So I, I, I appreciate it. Well read read it just read the read the puns again, not the actual the whole thing with the people's names. Just read the puns again. Okay, so uh we got all about that based. Okay, which is great number. Best dinner PR, best dinner PR. You know, that was kind of the the pun there. Well, no, and it was easy to understand. Uh, All about the bass is... is Yeah, and that's a relatively new... I mean, it's an old song, but that came out, like, after we started the show. And then basting, everybody associates that with Thanksgiving, so that's awesome, but that's not not like even a food. So that's good. That's good. You're using all the the (laughs) available tools. It's true. That's what I got to do. Next one was squashed his competition and saying i am the champion um mm. 
I was going to try to do a, um, a Pete Weber, who do you think you are, I am. But I wasn't sure how many people knew what that was. Okay. Fair. Good. Um, you know the audience. You know the audience. If you not. haven't seen that, by the way, it's about a bowler, and he celebrates. And just type in Pete Weber, who do you think you are? And watch the video. It's five seconds, and it makes never fails to make me laugh. So what makes you laugh about that clip? Um, well, partially, it doesn't make any sense. Okay, because I was wondering if I was missing something. <laughs> okay, I didn't know if I was missing something with that. Because you're Cause, a you know, it's like It's one of those things, he's so hyped. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, sometimes, you know, like, either you get so pumped up, or you, you see people mess up the high fives or stuff yeah. like that because they're so into it. I feel like it was that kind of moment where he was so pumped up, and... Who do you think... You, you are, are I like I it was just like nonsense like it was just pure just like he had like two different thoughts going and they ended up yeah. m- you know mixing in his head yeah. and it's the funniest thing to me um I guarantee like I mean he he's a pretty famous bowler as far as bowlers go mm-hmm. but like people have to ask for him to sign and he's a weird freaking guy you know he wears sunglasses yeah. he is very uh he's just a, a weirdo Eccentric but dude yeah who do you think you are I am, I am is the funniest thing <laughs> well Whenever you see replays of people celebrating sports on TV, the audio is not playing. So they're yelling something and they look really cool. But I bet at least half the time they're screwing up whatever they're saying, but you don't, he- you don't hear it. So if he was just mouthing that, who do you think you are? I am. It would have looked cool. But it was in a bowling alley. and like, <laughs> Everything, microphones a- a- everywhere. Yeah, but I'm sure yeah. everybody screws it up because you want to yell something really Perfect at that opportune time. Okay, uh, keep going. Go through the, the other ones. Okay. Um, the next one's, I guess, pretty basic. It wanted seconds at the table and the race because he was second overall. So sure. I, I, I've probably used some version of that before, would be my guess. Okay. Um, and then it was hat may have buckled, but his legs did not. That's new. That's, That's new. That got to be new. Yeah. Um, a great that running. A That's a perfect running reference as well. Yeah. That, that one, you know, kind of kind of just kind of worked. Buckled hat. It's a weird thing. But. Yeah. Uh, move from the kids. Uh, this was a a, a child's results because I had to get that move up from the kids table. Drum mm-hmm. stuck to what she does best. Um, pumpkin to be grateful for. It's it's a little bit of a mouthful, but you know it gets there. <laughs> I see what you did there. Mac and cheese, more like mac and ease. Um, mac do, and you, ease. Do, do you do mac and cheese at Thanksgiving? So we we did it this year. My sister in law made a stuffing mac and cheese. Ooh, Oops, that sounds mac awful. and cheese kind of comboed with stuffing and it was good and anybody who has kids is probably going to involve mac yeah, and cheese point. at thanksgiving so it was perfect for me perfect reference. and then uh i think pecan i think pecan yeah great i think you you touched on foods and non-foods alike you t- touched on some of the the symbols of thanksgiving as well too i think that's why i liked it so much so we got ones from i'm looking at the email so you included uh a laura but not our laura yes and i'm so, laura i apologize for not including your mom um i was trying oh, to yeah. get her in there too like they both ran the same race, but I just I didn't have a good one to. to yeah, so she ran thirty one. It, so. it was a five mile. She ran thirty one fifty. Her mom ran fifty one nineteen, and she said next year they hope to be back uh, at the Wegman's Richmond Roadrunners Club Turkey Trot ten k sponsored by Lucky Ford, or Lucky Foot, not Ford. Lucky Foot. Yes, and she. she I think Laura sends in her she, for the last few years. She sent it in, which which is uh, much appreciated. Terrific. That's one great job. And then we got one from. Andy, who sent in from the Lifetime Turkey Trot Chicago. Pretty standard name as as far as turkey trots go. Yeah, nothing too bad. I was going to do some maybe with – because it was in Lincoln Park. 
I was thinking mm. about something there. Oh. It's not really things. It's not like Thanksgiving, you know? So it's a different thing entirely. Yeah. And in the end, it doesn't even matter. So. <laughs> uh, Lance wrote in with the 21st annual 2021 Hagerstown Community College Turkey Trot 5K, where he finished fourth. Whoa, 1603? The winner ran 1433? I, I, uh, I, I like his description of, uh, of what okay. it is. This race had all the turkey trot cliches. Course short, yep. Dozens of kids going out way fast and dying after half a mile, yep. And he loved every second of it. Great shirt, very loud green. This is awesome. Yeah, loud green, but, uh, I mean, we, we, we have the greatest slash worst shirts of all time. Yeah. Um, so. Well, you, I still haven't got – well, I have the Morris Township one. You have the, the one – That's right. We both have Morris Township one, but I think I have both of the other ones. Yeah, Which the has, like, turkey feathers. tracks I need all over it. And I, why didn't I get that from you when I went to Vegas? I <sighs> totally forgot disappointing disappointing and then speaking of our favorite turkey trot in uh new jersey did they change the name is that what we found out yeah they did so now it's the reed feed run turkey trot which is just clunky reed feed run turkey i don't like it uh i mean go back to a simple thing that everybody knows like the interfaith food pantry (laughs) i wear that shirt every week that's in my rotation it's just just on top of my dresser so i always wear it all the time. Yeah, it's. Uh, I need new clothes. I, I, do wear, so I wear mine as well a lot. It's like just like a classic. Like, oh, I'm getting some stuff done around the house. Yeah, doing this. Yeah, no, it's a. I, I've probably worn it on a like video podcast. Like, it's probably been on YouTube. That, oh, that's it. Yeah. All right. Should we move to the? Let's just move to the regular emails. Yeah. Oh, and you wanted to talk about Tyler Hansbrough. You looked it up. Because with the emailer who was going to race against Tyler, the Hansborough brothers, you couldn't find any results? Yeah. So he, you know, sent us the, I think a different Andy sent us the the Hansborough, you know, uh, entries and everything. So I was like, oh, let's see how he did. But they are not on the finish line. So either they didn't, you know, they didn't show up or they threw out their chips or whatever it is or their bands. I'm probably not chips, Ooh. but whatever it is, they maybe they were like, hey, we're, we're too, you know, we don't want to get our names out there tyler hansborough's like i want to put my name on a 38 minute 5k or whatever it is well we got this email uh from karen mother yeah. of, mother of braylon um who by the way is just tall now they included pictures um and she said the subject was did somebody say tyler hansborough he said i think he was ducking us on our campus tour and then i got really nervous that braylon was going to college Oh, man. And I was thinking, did I fall asleep for five or six years? <laughs> this whole pandemic thing's been pretty disorienting. But he says, just for fun, we have a few years before we have to do this for real. Uh, if we actually challenge him to a race, I think we can take him. Yes, absolutely. And it's it's a picture of Braylon posing with a shirt, number 50, North Carolina, Hansborough on the back. I, should I be surprised they still sell that? Or like a lot of people – I guess I, he's a I big I was thinking deal. that because, yeah, it's been – he hasn't been in college in what, a little – 15 years right right um that is a little surprising i think to me. i mean he was a huge deal he won like player of the year didn't he yeah oh yeah so, was... so i mean yeah i guess i guess i mean that's that's pretty legendary um did they he win stayed. a championship while he was there well he stayed too right that's the other yeah, part 2005 All... 2009 oh they won his senior year too oh yeah so he's he's a legend like okay. he's not you know Jordan level, but like he, I, I imagine he's a, he's a pretty big fan favorite and the dude played really hard. You know, that's obviously a huge basketball thing. I like, I like the picture with the Chapel Hill sign too. That's a cool sign. Yeah. 
Braylon, Braylon looking good out there. I mean, the cool. You got the Simpsons hoodie too. Love it. Very, love it. Love it. Love it. Braylon, doing doing your thing. Yeah, North Carolina is a good school. I've never been there, but home. me neither. But that's that's something I I would love to go to a basketball game there. Would you rather go there or to a Duke basketball game, or both? I mean, I would do both. Might as well when you're there, right? But there's a thing I like North Carolina. I mean, I'm a Jordan guy, so I'll you know quasi root for them. But Duke is like the easiest team to hate ever. Yeah, but the facility looks yeah. cool, and it is in the facility. Isn't like, they only seat like three thousand or something? Yeah, there's like, like seven people in there, comically small. Yeah, yeah so like that. Young. I mean, it would be amazing. Um, either way, yeah. So might, might as well do both, right? And then compare them, and just just immediately talk about at the Duke game. Just oh man, Chapel Hill was so much better. Well, let's see. What is the capacity of Cameron Indoor? I want to say like three thousand. I think but... you might be right. 9,000, you're completely wrong. Holy um, shit. Is that always been the case? For some reason, I thought it was really small. I did too. It looks really small. Everybody's on top of each other, but yeah, it says 9,000. Yeah, 9,000 is, I mean, that's not huge for a, for a school that could easily fill up a 20,000-seat stadium. Um, but still, that's way bigger than I thought for some reason. Yeah, I just have watched so many games there, and it just, it looks like the loudest place on earth when you watch sporting events there. It does, yeah. Which I mean, that's you know, that's a pretty awesome atmosphere. So yeah, I would go. Even yeah, I'm not a big Duke guy either. But there's and then it's like a bunch of places I would go where I'm not a big fan of the team, but I've just seen it so much, and in my mind, it's a big deal, and I want to see it. Okay, let's go to who's next on here. Uh, let's see, Kyle, fastest running cyclist. He said related to the discussion of cyclist running, I would like to point you to Mike Woods. We talked about him before, junior national record holder for oh, the mile three yeah. k before becoming the first sub four miler to finish the Tour de France. I don't know how many runners or cyclists could make the crossover, but Woods has done it at a high level. Oh, and then he's got Tyler, he's got Tyler Hansborough. Love uh, it. Mention here. Uh, talk reminded me of all the Rip Hamilton and Allen Iverson mile time discussion that used to happen when they were still playing. Every time the stories got repeated, their times got faster. In a few years, they'll be faster than Webb. That is Kyle in California. Yeah, I don't know when that started. I think again, Alan Iverson probably could have been a pretty good mile. I mean, I'm not saying like insane, but like I could see him being pretty small. Fast. Yeah, he was. He was. I met him once. He was not taller than me and didn't weigh more than me. That's for sure. Yeah, and you were pretty fast. I was. I mean, I was mediocre, but like that's what I mean. Like he was. I think he was listed at six foot or six one. The dude yeah. is five ten, one sixty, and the fact that he did what he did on the basketball court is amazing. Like, Problem is he'd just... keep crossing over, and you'd be like, "Alan, you got to go straight. <laughs> you can't run out of your lane this much. You can do it a couple times to pass people, but there's no point to keep crossing over." When did you meet him? Uh, in a parking garage in Las Vegas. Um, it was in my early twenties because I was with a couple friends. I was with uh, Mitch, friend of the show, as we know, of course, uh, Scott, and then uh, this girl we worked with, Jen G, who was a very pretty girl. And then he, Alan Iverson, talked to her. <laughs> and we were just kind of awkwardly standing in the background. So I didn't like have a conversation with him, but I was like right kind of there and yeah. Wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Back up, back up. Was he playing at this time still? He must have been. This was early 20s. I guess yeah, probably. I mean, I think it was it must have been it was probably summer. I think I do remember it being like hot, but <laughs> Narrows it down in Las Vegas. Okay, so I, yeah, I, don't, I mean, you're but, both. Yeah, let me figure he was probably out of the playoffs by May. <laughs> wow, it's Jason throwing shade. I mean, okay. unless it, was, it wasn't 2001. So I mean, you know, let's. Okay, I, I would have been with you if it was a parking garage in 2001. You you park on floor four of the parking garage. Always. You always park on floor. Always. 
and then you get out of your car and you just see him and then we you were walk- near the elevator okay and uh, i think stopped- we were actually going back to our cars and we were just leaving like the little uh you know little just the elevator area you know not like getting off and he was waiting there but we were just like getting off the elevator and then like as we were walking there it was like him and like two much bigger dudes um which i'm sure you know his guys and probably guys who had his back um and i i didn't notice him i don't know if i can't remember how it exactly started but then he literally like like got her number oh wow yeah like it was like she was i mean she was a very very cool girl and uh yeah i mean i guess alan iverson asked your number why not okay and then did like did she know who he was yeah, she knew. Okay. Uh, she knew of him. I don't, you know, know to the extent. I think maybe Mitch was the one who even pointed him out to me. Like I just didn't even, you know, pay that close attention, and it was yeah. just like, holy. Then I was, holy crap, it's Alan Iverson. Like that's awesome because he yeah. was. He's kind of one of those. Like he's just like seems like such a cool guy. Like you know, fun guy to watch, and like he was. He was yeah. So I was, I was very excited, but I think I might have just been like, hey, or something, because I wouldn't really know what else to say. Yeah, he's like, hey, I'm Alan Iverson. I'm going to step over to Ron Lou right now <laughs> yes. in the parking lot. <laughs> Mitch would volunteer to do that. Of all people, Mitch would be like, hey, oh, let's absolutely. recreate that scene. My buddy Jason's <laughs> going to take a picture. I'll lay on the ground. <laughs> and Mitch would be wearing three shirts, and all of them somehow don't fit him. It would be amazing. All right. Colin, formerly from Palo Alto, currently from San Francisco. Hey, guys, I've been following the high jump over the last year, but my background is in distance running, so now I'm wondering how high could the average runner jump? Dude, we got to connect him with Casey. we got to connect Colin uh, with Casey Lee. Uh, In high school, we would easily hurdle the big brown recycling bins when they were lined up on the street, and we were mediocre teenagers, so I felt like a professional runner would have decent hops. Right now, male high jumpers are clearing 7'8", and female high jumpers are clearing 6'7", consistently. What would you put as the over-under for an American 5K, 10K runner who decided to switch to high-jumping Colin? Um, so, okay, we have some inside knowledge on this. A okay. little bit. Now, obviously, someone like Josh Thompson, who can dunk a basketball. Yeah, there'll be a few who are really good. <clears throat> yeah. And there'll be a few who are really bad. Casey was solid. He could jump six feet. And that Easy, was yeah. at our school in Nevada during those years. Like, six was solid. I think he even ended up – he made state. He made state. He made state, too. yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe he was a little bit better than that six one or six two, but yeah, I'd say I think he. I remember him getting into this. Yeah, six one, six two, maybe six three at the highest. But yeah, but that was that was it. So I think I jumped five six five seven. Yeah, and that's most, where I'd put the average at. Most probably. people would not have Casey's athleticism. No, because as we've talked about in the show, he was a freak, athletic yeah. freak. For you know, given the constraints of high school, he wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he was just like just one of those random kids who was just like would good at barely put forth an effort in anything. Like I would literally be talking with him, and he'd be like, "Hold on one second. and then he'd literally just start running from where we were talking and do his jump. Yeah, and then it was just like, okay, like it, he just kind of had that vibe about him. Flexible, fearless. Could like someone could explain something to him, he could just like do it like that. One of those type yep. people. So the average five k, ten k person, yeah, I think mid fives would be like generous i don't think i think that's of- i think that's like the over under for your for just random and then obviously hey this guy's six three okay i'm gonna make it a little higher hey this guy's you know seems he, he does the steeple okay i'm gonna make yeah. it a little higher or something but yeah i think i think there'd definitely be some guys who would easily do six feet not a ton but a few um and there'd be some guys who would struggle to clear five yes 
Yeah, there'd be some terrible people. I, I think I think getting over six would be tough for most of them. Yeah, because it's just, probably a handful, you know. Yeah, I mean, someone like Thompson again, fifteen hundred meter runner, not five k runner, but I get get the. Uh, I'm sure he he would throw him in there. Could could obviously solidly do it because the guy's got bounce. He just got to figure out how to do it as a high jumper. And anybody who's from a small town <laughs> where they had to do a million events, yeah, and. Josh Thompson was from a small town in Las Vegas, Moapa Valley, outside of Las Vegas. Casey was from a small town before he came to us. They're just used to doing every sport and they're used to yeah. doing every event. And I think that really helps. And people at bigger schools get pigeonholed in earlier. Uh, so thank you, Colin. That was a good email there. How about ooh, Zach, not Braff, from New Jersey. <laughs> yes. Hey, guys. Did I miss it or has Jason never revealed his order of events? The world championship should follow to allow for all doubles. And if not, do they allow for the 400-800 double? Keep that in your back pocket whenever there actually isn't any track news. Another nerdy podcast. On my desktop right now, updated schedule. I'm just throwing that out there. It's just sitting here. Do you want to read it? Or oh, it'd be so easy to keep track of in your head. <laughs> yeah, it's there. We've I think we talked about it the first time. Basically, we talked about it, yeah. I don't think it ever has been posted. You gave but the highlights. You gave the I'm highlights. Sure there's, of it. I'm sure there's, you know, someone could look at it and go, "Hey, actually, you should put this on this." And I, you know what I would say? You're right. I should have done that. Did you eliminate the mixed relay for this example? Hundred percent. No? Yes. Okay, so that was part of why the one thing well, that we needed. No, to I just fix. put it two weeks before. <laughs> the that's it's like when the teacher thinks they're funny. If your paper's late, I put it in my circular filing cabinet. <laughs> That's located on the ground. Game. Yeah, exactly. In the it's classic. Like, oh, yeah. Classic teacher humor. They'll be, you'll be in the Olympics two weeks before. <laughs> Another nerdy podcast idea. This is Zach again. Love it. I submit it is a deep dive into the pros and cons of the IAAF scoring tables. Oh. It'd be interesting to look into how accurate they are and how you guys could even objectively assess it. According to the tables, what is the most impressive world record? Does this seem accurate? Maybe do some research. Jason has been doing a lot of his own research recently uh, into how they were developed. <laughs> this might take some teaming up with a listener. One of them almost certainly works with AI to process big data. I mean, if you work with AI and can process big data, email us. Alan Yeah. No, uh, artificial intelligence. No, I I think. Um, on a disappointing note, I looked into running my first – oh, here it is. Oh, he's talking about the, the race. Okay. Does everybody in New Jersey do this race? I thought New Jersey was a big state. Okay. I looked into running my first 5K race in years. Highest literacy (laughs) percentage in the nation. Not just the race, though. An actual – also actually running 3.11 miles without stopping for the first time in years. I found the Reed Feed Run Turkey Trot. This is the race formerly known as the Interfaith Food Pantry and Literacy Volunteers of Morris County's annual Morris Township Thanksgiving Day 5K Turkey Trot and One Mile Fun Run Walk to Fight Hunger and Promote Literacy. It's those last few words that do it for me. It, it gets a hunger. little tough. Yeah, I almost no, it's I'm the best. out of breath. Yeah, that, that, that sells it for me, though. It, to fight hunger and promote literacy is the best part. Uh, because, like, the sponsor is a food pantry and literacy volunteers. You already know that. You don't need to say that yep. why you're doing it. Uh, say what you will about the rebranding, but this new name does not promote literacy. I agree. <laughs> I agree, Zach. Um, 100% right. He says, side note to Jason, in the rundown of this year, Turkey Trot, I suggest you call it the Reed Feed Run, the race formerly known as the – and then he goes on to name it. So I pretty much did that. Yeah, so you're uh, we're on the same page, Zach. I wish I saw this ahead of time. I didn't. Um, yeah, okay. Jason's talked about the schedule. I think what will happen – is when we get closer to the world championships in Eugene and we get mad 
that, for example, a thing Mo can't do four eight because mm. she can't, then we'll be that'll be a good time to roll out the schedule again in the middle of the show, not at the end of the show. And you can just say, hey, this is how it worked. The finals for this, this, and this are on this day and this, this, and this day. This is crazy that this hasn't happened. Because we, yeah, we don't want you to read it. Actually, Zach, if you're really interested, Jason can email you the thing. Like, I mean, I'll do that too. But yeah, we should do it. Here's a little quick preview for a thing, Mo. Okay, day one, you have the heats of the eight. This is fake, by the way. This is not, this is Jason's schedule, not the actual schedule. Yeah, this is my schedule. Day one, heats 800. Day two, mm. semis 800. Day four, 800 final. Okay. Makes makes some sense. Day five, women's four meter, uh, women's four hundred heats. Uh, day six, four hundred meter semifinal. Day eight, four hundred meter final. Seems seems reasonable. Yeah, that was too that was too simple. I was like, wait, where wins the day six? Okay, morning session. <laughs> it's I got ten days, just like they did. I I caught I followed their I followed their time between events. Mm-hmm. I followed like the hey if it, is it if it goes heat semi day off final or does it go heat semi final or does it go mm-hmm. heat semi on the same day then fi- you know whatever it is I followed all those yeah so uh, the other part of the question about the tables I also am interested in the tables because we talk about the tables that's a, good, that's a really good idea I like that a lot for a, for an episode a lot and sometimes you have a performance that I think can break the tables and sometimes they're useful guidelines yeah. It's yeah, yeah. It's 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 a. I'm surprised that's something we've never thought to do or or do, but I think it's a great idea. Next up, let's go to. We have some Marshall emails here. Yeah, uh, I try to group the Marshalls together. Oh, here's Marshall, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get to him in a second. Um, Mickey wrote in, <laughs> singing telegram story. Yes, of course. This is a thing. It always is. And there's photos attached. Oh, this is fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I already first, love this. First time, Sorry, long time. I wanted to share my singing telegram story from a few years ago. I worked for a small business, and we had joked about hiring a singing telegram <laughs> for our owner's birthday for a couple of years. I finally remembered ahead of the birthday and settled on a pink gorilla. As we eagerly awaited for his, awaited for his arrival, we noticed he was driven to the office, which afterwards seemed to be a good idea because it certainly seemed like the gorilla was drinking before him. He came in the office and did some singing and jokes. At one point, he stopped suddenly, stepped into a nearby office, grabbed a chair, and sat down. <laughs> My coworkers and I exchanged looks, like, what is going on, and should we check on him? Fortunately, after a few seconds, he continued with the show. He was there probably five to ten minutes, and the experience exceeded the anticipation. I think this topic leads to a question of which track and field athlete would you like to have show up as a singing telegram for you? Also, which track and field athlete would you most like to see on Cameo? My thoughts, Cameo, definitely Kipchoge, assuming you can save Cameos. His video would be one to pull out whenever you needed some motivation. Mm. Singing telegram, I'm thinking someone unique or with personality, men, Krauser for size or Italian hand, high jumper, Tambiri, energy, Ooh, women's good. Rojas, energy, uh, Sandy Morris. I think she's a singer. Happy Thanksgiving. That is Mickey. So the pictures... The pictures... It looks more like a dog than a gorilla. Yeah. And he's it's wearing pink. a jacket. And listen, the way he described that, it sounded like an Office episode. And then you look at these pictures exactly and it looks like a office. scene from The Office because this is the most office office that you could possibly imagine. What are those ceilings called? In the first picture, what's that type of ceiling called? Yeah. So it's, the, it's like the foam tiles that were right. in every classroom. Right. Right? Like With, forever. Yeah. Um, so those? Yeah, so those big foam, you know, they're probably 
I don't know, two feet by two feet or something like that. Yeah, and then the lighting next to it is just typical office lighting. They, you know, the owner guys. It's probably Casual Friday. He's got jeans on. He's got a looks long like a good boss. Looks like, yeah, you know, solid guy. I don't want to make any assumptions, but he's not like the world's best boss. But it just looks very officey. Um, in terms of cameo. I think Kipchoge is a good one. The problem is, don't they limit it by time? And I feel Kipchoge needs a longer windup. Mm. Kipchoge, but he would also say something profound that you wouldn't fully understand, and you'd kind of study it for the next yeah. few months. I think Warholm would be good. Oh yeah, where he just if it was just a motivational yelling. thing, yeah, because you'd feel like you disappointed him if you didn't do if you were using it to pump yourself up for something. That's a good you'd one. You'd feel like you'd be disappointing yourself. Uh, and everybody else in your family and the community. I'm trying to think of other ones. That yeah, would that's be a really good. good one. Um, man, there's so many good possibilities. I mean, I want Ezekiel Kemboy just like dance or something. Yeah, that'd be good. A singing Telegram, like sign me up for whatever he does. Oh, he an would, actual yeah, singing Telegram would be. He would come up with something amazing. Trying to think of. Singing telegrams. I mean, Noel Lyles would be fun. Yeah, he's an entertaining guy. Grant Holloway would be fun. I just think the the visual, like a thrower showing up and yelling, like as if they threw an implement, and that's the song. They don't actually sing. They just they're a yelling telegram. Yeah, would be fun. <laughs> Happy birthday! As like, throw it. like if you had a knock on your door, and you answered it, and you couldn't see. Say you don't have people or anything. You don't have a camera. And Ryan Krauser was there, and the moment you open it, he just yells like he just launches a shot. <laughs> terrifying. How scared would you be? Because he's no, he blocks completely. out the sun. He's a massive human being. Same oh, thing, yeah. Discus, Danny Stahl. I've told this story before. We were in the mix zone, Lincoln and I, in Doha. And the mix zone, that just a world championship, complete maze because certain people, if you're a video, you stand here. And if you're a uh, print, you stand there. And if you have right, your rights holder, you can get to be over there. So it's a total mess. People are everywhere. Right, and they're snaking around, right turn, left turn, whatever. We're at the far end, very, very end, because that's how important we are. And we're interviewing someone. <clears throat> Daniel Stahl of Sweden comes in down the far side, and it's an open area, so it's not like he opened a door, but is in the far side and is joking or messing around or something, sees a, a countryman who also threw really well and screams, like yells, like a triumphant Swedish yell. And my colleague Lincoln, who was doing an interview, like – he was doing an interview like 15, 20 feet away from him, jumped so far, <laughs> was just completely terrified of this man. And just the, the yell that he made is not a sound. Like we could never be as big as Danny Stahl. We also could never make the sound. And I oh, think yeah. He, we don't have the – yeah. You have to be a certain type of person and your body needs to be uh, shaped in a way to produce that sound. And I think if you had – um, someone come to your door and just yell. It wouldn't yeah, be a, yeah, just a scare. It would be like a scaring thing. Do people pay for people to get like around Halloween? Is that? A, I'm sure that's a thing, right? Is that yeah, a business? Be. Should be. I also Halloween. want Shakira Richardson to do a cameo because she might end up like accusing oh. me of doubting her or something in the middle of it. <laughs> that would be and like she'd be, be like, "You never believed in me." I'm like, "Wait, I've never met. What happened? <laughs> like, it started off so nice." You would get pumped up though by the end of it because if she oh, was, on I would your love side, it. I, I would be, yeah, it'd be fascinating. But I feel like she, yeah, because she could, she could, she could take it any direction she wants, and I'd be, I'd be in. Yeah, 
All right. So let's go to Marshall now. That was yeah. a, good e- a great email. Um, his first one here, Drive to Survive. Apparently the Netflix reality show Drive to Survive has proven to be a huge bonus to recruiting fans to Formula One. And other sports are taking notice. That. Apparently Netflix has spoken with a number of different sports about this and has inked a preliminary deal with a PGA. Already in. So, yeah. so in on PGA documentaries. Just can't get enough <laughs> golf documentary I would content. totally watch it. Drive to Survive. Get it? All right. There we go. Works for both. It's on, They're only going to sign shows where drive is part of the sport. <laughs> That's it. Basketball would work. Football, I guess. Yeah, they are pretty much all of them, right? I mean, it's... Nothing in hockey. Sorry, you're out. Mm. Track, nope. Tennis, it's not serve to survive. The theory relies upon the fact that Drive to Survive engaged uh, your everyday person by allowing people to peek under the hood, pun intended, of the life of a Formula One driver and team. Then when the races started, viewers realized they knew the background of each person and had a personal connection of some type. As a result, viewership of F1 has skyrocketed, especially in the U.S., apparently creating new fans for the sport is really, really tough, and this rapid development has other sports intrigued. If I had to guess, though, USATF or Earth Sports are still probably trying to figure out ways to improve engagement of their MySpace accounts. At least <laughs> we finally have better rules than lane dis- on lane disqualification. Anyway, if we did have the chance to see a reality TV show following track athletes or road racers and marathons, who would you want to follow and what would the show be called? His short list would be Camp Kipchoge, the legend of – and then he would say <clears> – <throat> sorry. Then he would have uh, Yuki, uh, The Ceiling is the Roof, about Mondo, The Sprinting Queens, Fraser Price and Elaine Thompson, hurrah, and The Four Lows. Oh, 400-meter hurdle lows. Uh, Warholm, Benjamin, Dos Santos, Samba, uh, Sydney, Delilah, and Bull. Okay. So this is something I've thought a lot about, obviously. It's a great idea. I I love documentaries. Love to do a documentary one day. It's a passion of mine. I think Formula One had some stuff going for it in that it's a already fascinating thing to watch because it's people moving at incredibly fast speeds. And that's like a hook. And that's going to be more interesting than golfers, right? It's just going to do better than golf. More people are going to watch it. More people are going to tune in because it's just a more interesting visual product. However, people are still going to get interested in golf and they would get interested in anything if it's done well yep. and it's around sports and two people or a number of people are all gunning for an outcome. Like if there was a really well done reality show following – Shakari Richardson and Elaine Thompson, hurrah. I was just going to, yeah. Do you remember the HBO boxing, the 24-7 stuff that they would do before the fights? Yes, they would... I never really watched it, but I've, yeah. The idea is you're just following the two people before they have their fight. The whole lead up, the whole camp, right? You see, you see Pacquiao running in the hills and what he eats and what he does uh, in his free time and how he trains. You see everything. Now, track isn't the exact same as boxing, but people can understand the sport and the individual nature of it is interesting for people. So I think 100% people would watch that. Now, would they be full-time track and field fans? I don't know because I don't know what much about F1, but these people actually race. So when my friends in the group chat are texting each other about it, like Verstappen, I woke up early to see him in Monaco this morning. The people they're seeing – on the show are the people they see in the race. If this was track, you'd see the people in the race or see the people in the show and then be like, wait, why aren't they? Ro- oh, okay, so they're off for three weeks and then they ran the 200. So they didn't run against each other and then <laughs> they're saving like it if, for trials. You need to yeah. race. You need to race. Well, That's part of it. 
Yeah, and if you're if you're doing this, and hey, I mean, uh, documentarians stay uh, neutral or whatever, but at the same time, you make the deal with a few races. And oh, 100%. Yeah. The runners, yeah. that way, hey, they're matching up in Eugene, in, where, you know, twice overseas, then, uh, you know, the Olympics or whatever. So you have multiple times that they're hitting. Yeah. Yeah. And if you had the build up, I mean, if, like, you know, you mentioned the, the 400 meter law. Like, if you had that with the Warholm, Benjamin, Sydney, uh, you know, Del- uh, Delilah, um, like, combo. Yeah. Like, th- those are those would be absolutely fascinating. And you're, like I said, you're, you're, you're literally, you built in. And the thing is, it's funny about, you know, I mean, F1 is, is one of the biggest sports in the world from a money aspect and everything like that, where track is not that. Yeah. So like, it wouldn't even take that much money to make these things happen. Yeah. Like if you said, Hey, Warholm Benjamin, you both get whatever it is, seven figure, you know, a million bucks to match up these guarantee match up these four or five times. Mm-hmm. They're going to jump at that. So F one ba- signed off on this. Is, Marshall's assumption is correct here. They signed off on it basically because they wanted to create new fans. And I'm they assuming. That would work. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, 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 it I, seems I, I, obvious. Multiple friends who <clears throat> yeah. got into F one because of it. Yeah, same, same. Because the way Netflix is, you get into because of the binging, right? Or I'm, I'm assuming you do you binge these episodes, or do they release one at a time? Actually, I'm not sure. Okay, but anyway. Just the entire culture around streaming TV is you just can you quickly immerse yourself in the world, yep, and then that's all you want to talk about. At least me. That's maybe that's why no one's. Wait a minute, no one's been talking to me for months now. But you know, you have the show that you're totally obsessed with, and you want to talk about it to everybody. Yes. This takes it a step further because then you can actually see them in real life. They're real people. Yeah. Right. So you take this sort of ability of Netflix to rope you in and make you give you almost tunnel vision of this is every time you log on your Netflix account, this is the thing that's auto playing. The next episode is up, right? Or here's these similar documentaries or films about the same subject that they're just feed, you know, the algorithm is just pointing you in that direction. But now they've given you a place to put that interest and energy in ways that if you just binge breaking bad, what are you going to go do? I mean, you could talk about breaking bad with other people, but there's no outlet for it this there's this logical connection and i think it's it's different than you know hard knocks now isn't hard knocks doing one during the season because before they did it yeah just big, yeah so they did I the think, training yeah. camp one but now they're doing one during the season and i don't know if that's an attempt to help loop people in but that's only one team whereas f1 is touching on a bunch of different teams and, and they're able to bounce around and get all the big players in football. If you pick a team and that team not ends up, that is not interesting to people or they're becoming relevant, then you're going to get people tuning out. Also, uh, you know, football, obviously much higher saturation in the United States. Yeah. And if you wanted this, something bigger mm-hmm. like that, where it's maybe not focused on one or two athletes or whatever, like to, uh, you could even do the men's hundred and just be like, Hey, it's why don't you have eight guys or whatever? who have a chance to, you know, medal at this <clears throat> upcoming championship or whatever it is. And you've got people from, you know, different countries and I don't know, there'd be some interesting things there, I think. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I would watch it. I think, I mean, the bolt dock in retrospect was really interesting, but then imagine watching that in time, like as it's happening yeah. and, then, and then seeing the other side of it too. 
Oh. Yeah, it's a build-up to an Olympics or a World Championships or something. It's, I mean, it, it makes the most sense in the world to have that as a, a thing. Yeah, because you think you know a lot about the athletes because you watch them every week. I'm talking about the diehard. But the diehard, they don't really see that. Right. I mean, yeah. do you, do you oh, know yeah. the do you know the friends and the family? Do you know all the hobbies? Not really. You don't know the other people involved in their life. You've maybe seen their coach a time or two, but have you heard the coach's voice? Do you know how the coach interacts with the athlete? There's plenty of things that would be really interesting for the diehard track and field fans to see. And then I think just people in general would be interested in it because of this confrontation, this one-on-one confrontation. And Richardson in the hundred, there's a natural. There's already a base to build off of of people yeah. being interested. In yeah, her. that would be huge. If if it was somebody else, if it was a Kipchoge, for example, that would be a little bit tougher. Even though he's he's great, well, that'd be tough for him too because he's just too good. So there's yeah, I say that's kind of like more of a a love letter to Kipchoge because I don't. And know. he's already had nine docs about him, so m- maybe that wouldn't be a good one. But if you just did one on, if you if Richardson took a little step forward. That's the that's the perfect one. Is Rid, <clears throat> you know, the American Richardson, this you know, kind of little out there, but like super talented, going against the two like just titans, yeah, the two greatest of all time, maybe in Jamaica, and like that. I mean, that writes itself. Like that's that's like so easy to, to be intrigued by. That's well, and the changing of the coaches and like with there's you know Fraser Price and Thompson Hurrah issues too so you add in a third person that's even more yeah this thing is i think i think you have those three is the would be the perfect thing like i said if richardson just you know if she if she becomes a a, a 10-6 runner like i think she will be yeah yeah and even if you have the the 800 the, you could you could make the men's 800 interesting if the people in it have compelling <sighs> backstories man this last year it would have been tough Twall. Of France, for example, who got seventh. <laughs> That's a good point. Poor guy. Uh, you're right. It would be tough. But, but, do you, I mean, how much do you know about Emmanuel Career? How much do you know about Rotich? How much do you know about Peter Bull? Imagine knowing their friends and family and their coach and their significant other and what was at stake for them. It would make you care more. Obviously, oh for sure, yeah, and and it would totally raise the stakes of that race because right now we're looking at that race through the perspective of time, history, times, and just from a pure competition standpoint, and we're evaluating against others, and we're like, wow, this is horrible, horrible's too strong. This is the least interesting race I've ever seen in my life. That's a better, more more accurate way to put it. <laughs> uh, but but if there's that personal connection that emotional yeah. side to it, it totally changes the equation. Because when you watch these docs, when you watch Last Chance U, you're watching Juco sports. Right, yeah, it's true. Or you watch, you know, read books about, hey, they follow this high school basketball, and you're totally hanging on every page about a high school basketball team. And the reason you care about it is because you, you know the people involved. All right, more Marshall. At a recent yeah. low-key 5K I timed, there were several individuals who showed up to the packet pickup claiming they registered even though there was no record of them registering. The volunteers handed the individuals their bibs. So my question is, what is worse, banditing a race or showing up to race day packet pickup and receiving a bib for which you did not pay and then going and running and walking the race? 
In this instance, the race was purely to raise money for a nonprofit, which supports the homeless. I'm sure the people in this case probably forgot to register or fully complete the fully online registration and did not do it with the intention of shorting the charity out of 30 bucks. All the best, Marshall. I Maybe I'm just giving humanity too much credit, but I feel like as if you're going to bandit it, you just bandit it and you wouldn't show up and lie <laughs> and say that you did it. Because couldn't they just say, Okay, cool. Show me your register. Show me your confirmation. Yeah, give me the give me the email or yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, get out of here. Yeah. So if that's the case, if we're if we're assuming the worst in both of these people, then just bandit the race because you're not really taking anything away from anybody at that point. At least you yeah. know, you're just kind of you know you're not not contributing to it, but at least you're not physically taking the number and the shirt or whatever else comes in there. Um. So yeah, if you're just gonna do it, yeah, you're right. You're probably not going to show up and then if you do like come on what are you doing yeah is banditing less common now that technology has improved that's a good question yeah Ooh, probably i know it's you can't exchange bibs now they used to do or you give somebody your bib you're not going to race and then you get them like you mm. just give it to a person i mean you you could but it's a, right. a bigger a bigger issue i should say it's not it's not impossible you could hand a bib to a person but it's not 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 the same um i i've paced people like i've never started a race that i haven't paid for but with marathons i've run alongside people for a few miles would i ever say i registered for a race and then get a bib and run it if i didn't no i would never do that yeah that's 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 weird to me yeah that's 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 kind of nuts just pay the money or don't do it yeah, especially it's going towards charity. Come on, what are we doing? Yeah, so I think in those, if you're forced to choose, it's banditing is way better. Way better from a you're not taking a bib away from somebody. I guess it's maybe for insurance purposes, it's worse because you have a random person out there running. But they didn't. Then they didn't sign the waiver. Yeah, there's so if something bad happens to him. Something bad happens to him. Yeah. All right. Uh, more Marshall. He said 33,000 participants registered for New York City Marathon, but 25,000 started the race. The difference, uh, no, there was not a dramatic increase in pre-marathon injuries or a large fear of getting water on one's shins. About 8,000 individuals were from Europe, <clears throat> and Europeans were not allowed in the United States until the day after the marathon due to COVID restrictions. Ooh. That really sucks, and I feel for all of them. I'm not sure how this worked with the elite field, though. I'm sure they had special special circumstances. Yeah. yeah. Two, in one of the pre-race interviews, Bekele's agent or coach mentioned that before Berlin, Bekele had insomnia. However, when one follows the fact pattern, I do not believe that Bekele had insomnia. He just had trouble adjusting to the time zone change. Evidently, Bekele took a red eye from Ethiopia to Berlin the day before the race and didn't... Well, why would he... What? Why? Or the Thursday not, before the race. So that's still, what, three days before the race? Yeah, and did not get any sleep. He did get a full night's sleep Friday evening, he said, but only an hour the night before Berlin. Okay, well... I mean, this is your fault, Bekele. Let me read the rest of this. Let me read the rest of this, and then I'll just – I just feel like everything I read is just – and then I come on the pod, and it's just like me trashing Bekele, and that's not my intention, but let me read the rest of this. Apparently, before New York City, Bekele also opted to fly in on Thursday before the race. Now, I'm not an expert in performance, but I do know that sleep is critical to just being a functioning human being. Studies have shown that sleeping less than four hours at night is equivalent of being drunk. I 
yes, I do not like low you sleep. Have multiple kids, I believe you. Probably, yeah. yeah, drunk all the time. For the life of me, I cannot figure out why Bekele would wait to fly into his race destination three to four days before a major marathon. If he were a random East African who was just looking to make a few bucks, yes, I understand that hotels and travel costs can be really expensive, but I have to imagine that Bekele has made more than enough money to live in a hotel or Airbnb for a week or two leading up to a major marathon to adjust to the time change. Heck, I'm sure the New York Roadrunners would be more than happy to put him up in a hotel for a week. Maybe both can help me understand what I'm missing. No, I can't, Marshall. I can't. I don't know. That is just, I wish I could. It's... I mean, unless there was some sort of travel <clears throat> restriction that I don't know about, and hey, that's a possibility. I have no idea why you would do this, and he did it twice, and it's not his first rodeo. He knows exactly how marathons work. It's almost like he's trying to come up with reasons why he won't do well. It's really weird. It's like a freshman in high, in cross country. It's like eating a bag of Cheetos before your first cross country meet. Number one, because you're nervous, but number two, you so you have something to fall back on when you don't run that well. I shouldn't eat in the Cheetos. I just don't get it. I don't get why we're in year – 23 of his career this there's still issues with preparation it's crazy yeah and it makes me wonder and i i you know i don't know because it's not that like familiar with what his his regular like patterns were but like when he was the best in the world was he also just kind of this guy has he always kind of been like but he was so talented it didn't matter you mean he's always just been doing weird stuff in preparation yeah like i, I have no idea like I, I you could tell me either way and fine but like what did he just kind of always was he like this before where he was just like kind of hey this guy's a little a little weird but like he's just so talented and so good that it didn't matter maybe maybe and maybe he's got a way of doing things and this is how he's gonna do it i'd say it worked in the past but for the marathon, how many times did it really work? Not that many. Yeah, no, and I mean, it, it's, those are two different, you know, things. Here, I think is to like, I mean, just fly out a few days early. <laughs> like, it's, here's it's, the thing, though. Here's crazy. the thing. I don't care if he flew out last December; he wasn't gonna be a factor in the race. Yeah. That don't matter. That doesn't matter. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not like. I don't want to play. It's it, with all these post race comments from him, whether it's water on the shins or insomnia. It's because. They want to take what he did, what we all saw with our eyes, and change the result. So that way we believe the next time it's going to be different. And it keeps being the same thing over and over and over again. Save for one really spectacular run in Berlin where maybe he showed up 20 minutes before the race for that one. And then he wanted to repeat it. Yeah. Very possible. Yeah. Again, I don't – like I don't – He's an enigma. I don't want to be this guy, but it's just – some of the response, the excuses are just so blatantly like insulting our intelligence. It's just strange. Do you agree? It's super. Like I don't get it. Like it, he, he's like that. I I don't know if he was always kind of kind of weird, but yeah, it's. I that's, don't understand. Well, that's part of the part of the game is the preparation, especially in the marathon. That's it. yeah. And guess it's, what? Like you've had one of the greatest careers of all time. If you just say, Hey, I'm, I'm over it. Like no one would blame you. No. If you were just like, Hey, I'm done. Right. <laughs> like, let's be like, yeah, of course you are. You earned it, man. But who knows? Okay. We got a voicemail from chief that we will play right now. What up boys. Chief from Illinois, now in Indianapolis, drink your milk, Braylon. 
I just heard Marshall write in, or yeah, write in on an email about running Indianapolis half marathon. One, Marshall, can't believe you didn't hit me up for a run. Uh, but we did run together because we both ran the half marathon. So there's that. So now you can say that you've ran with Chief. But uh, you talked about a bunch of people falling at the start. One of my buddies got caught up in that, tripped, fell, and hit his arm on the ground hard enough that he couldn't move it the entire race, still finished, PB'd, Went and got some beers. The next day, I get a text from him, and he goes, so I broke my arm during that fall. Apparently, every year at the Indianapolis Half Marathon, there is some idiot that wants to be on the front page of the website for the next year, and he knows that they use the start photo from the half and full, so he'll sprint out ahead of everyone and then once the camera guy takes the photo, he'll check up hard to his normal, like, 930 pace. And he just got trampled by a bunch of people and caused the entire field or a bunch of a bunch of the field to fall down. Uh, and my buddy broke his arm in that. So figured I would call in and tell that story. With that, peace, boys. Well, that took a turn at the Whew, end there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean that, yeah. So that don't do that. No. Reminds me, wasn't there the high school thing where the one kid sprinted the front and took a selfie? In the beginning of the race. He did something. Selfie and we, stick or something. Yeah, and, and we were like, "How did he even get in the start line with yeah, that?" He yeah, he got he got disqualified and rightfully so. Like, just guess what? It's it's fine. Don't you don't have to do that. And then yeah, especially if you're just gonna like, it's fine if you want to settle into a pace after that. <laughs> but if you uh. Do the hard hard breaking at the beginning of a th- yeah that's just a bad bad move. I agree. I think road racing is not without r- the start, especially that's a lot of people running fast <laughs> in a small space. It's, you don't really want to mess around with that. That's my disclaimer, Jason. Yeah, I mean that's why be safe we out was, there, we kids. Started in the back and then worked our way up. Yeah, and I'm not saying start in the back of the of a ten thousand person field in India. Hey, I'm not saying that you're gonna pass well, like nine thousand people. It's gonna feel awful. well. If you don't belong up there, you know that, and get out of there. Yeah, get out of there. I don't have any patience for you. That's fair. Yeah, know know where you're supposed to be at. It's it's fine. Yeah, get on the website. Like, how important is that? Who's going to the Indianapolis half marathon website? Been like, ooh, that guy's cool. Start your own web page. Put out yourself on the website. Squarespace. Get a Squarespace. <laughs> this has been one long ad. All built to one moment. That was great. Do you have anything else you want to add? No. Somehow we got to an hour and a half again, which we seem to do no matter what mm-hmm. pace we're going at. Um, awesome emails. Those were really, really good. So please keep those up because that was yeah. uh, two weeks worth of emails. So we will not miss another week, hopefully. Um, ever. Yeah. Ever. Ever again. So apologies for that, especially if it screwed up your run or something or just screwed up your ride, drive to work. Either way. Um, but yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a fun episode. Thank you for listening to my nonsense. No, it was great. Tricky shot. Recap. We, you know, touched on some, some half marathon world record, NCAAs, 
Athlete of the Year, Rudisha. A little bit of everything. But we'll get uh, we have the end of the year show coming up, which I always like with the awards. Yeah, it's a good one. And then the bold predictions. And then we're into Oh, Valencia Marathon is this weekend. So we could be talking about a marathon. We could talk about some we could be talking about some very fast marathon times this this time next week. Yes. I don't want to say world record, but I just want to say Kipchoge watch behind you. That would be crazy. Valencia, man. The Cincinnati of Spain, as Taylor said. (laughs) Ask for on gmail.com. Write us an email. We'll talk to you guys next week. Jessica Ennis. Thanks, Kevin. A Laura, but not our Laura, was all about that based. Basting her PR, that is, (laughs) as she ran 3150. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Lance Dockery's hat may have buckled, but his legs did not as he finished fourth <laughs> at the 21st annual Hagerstown. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, it's so stupid, but. <laughs> mac and cheese? More like mac and ease, as that's what Jonah. What? <laughs> Damn it. Stop. And finally, at the 14th annual Read, Feed, Run, Turkey Trot, Patrick Hanley kept saying, I think pecan, I think pecan, I think pecan, <laughs> until he finally exclaimed, I did it, as he won the... <laughs> God damn it. That was the dumbest one. <laughs>